You can go from, you know, riding high to being low and it's in those low moments that you recognize what your real assets are, what right. your real treasures are. And here in Boise, it's the people. Good afternoon, Boise. This is Jared Cosby. Thank you for tuning in to KRBX 89.9 FM, Radio Boise. This is Idaho Speakeasy. Jared Cosby with Phil Mountain today. Phil, how are you, buddy? I am terrific. Well, good. Well, we uh, Idaho Speakeasy is a, is a place where um, we like to uncover people in the community and, and kind of really dig in into the icons, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and uh, just interesting people in our community. And today is no different. Um, we have Lisa Sanchez. She is the one of the newest city councilwomen for the city of Boise. So, Lisa, thanks for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, Let's start a little bit about you. So you are a city councilwoman, and this is since when? I was sworn in in January. So it's, yeah, it's been fairly six months, six months yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's gone by so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny how it's just a ton of stuff happens, and it's just a short amount of time. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's been uh, a real honor uh, to be able to sit at the dais with uh, my fellow brothers and sisters, mostly sisters. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's been a wonderful experience so far. And, and again, I, being new to uh, public office, I've never run for office before. Okay. Um, I still very much feel like a constituent. I, I feel a little bit like Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody left a door open and I walked in and <laughs> there I am. Um, but I actually think that's actually a good thing. Sure. Uh, to still feel uh, that kinship more with with the people of Boise. Yeah. Um, because that's why I ran. Is, yeah. uh, uh, I, I definitely sensed that we were going through some changes in our city. And I realized, you know, I'd like to be a part of... Uh, helping to uh, have a voice mm-hmm. in the direction that our city takes. Sure. So was there something specific, you know, a year ago, two years ago, whenever it was that you decided, hey, you know, city council is, is where, I, where I think my voice should be heard? You know, specific to city council, I have to be honest, no. Um, you know, I, I, I was not raised to be a politician, sure. at least I don't think I was. And if my mom had that in mind, she didn't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think I, I think most of us, we, we end up in places at times where, uh, when we look back on our history, we see it's a, it's a collection of events and experiences well, let's, that lead us there. Yeah, let's start there. Let's go back a little bit in, in, into you personally, into your history and, and what led up to, to getting to this point. So you're, you're an Idaho girl. I am. Okay. I am. I fell in love with Idaho when I was four. Okay. Um, I, I'm actually uh, born in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, my On my mom's side, they're originally from Texas. Uh, my dad uh, is from uh, Talpa de Allende, Jalisco, in Mexico. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, growing up in Arizona until the age of 11, it's a completely different experience sure. from moving to Burley, Idaho on October 27th, 1982. I remember <laughs> you have that day. It was day. a, it it's was a, a life-changing experience. Um, but, you know, to come from a place like Arizona, I, I grew up in this little town called Buckeye, and it was very diverse um, at all levels. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had teachers who were Mexican women, white men, indigenous folks, African-American folks. I got the message from my little community in Arizona that what was expected of me was expected of every other kid that I went to school with. And then the presidential election happened. This is the first time I realized that what happened in Washington, D.C. could have a direct effect on a little nine and 10-year-old little girl in Buckeye, Arizona. Because my mom worked for a, a community action program, which is federally funded. And my mom was always very careful to talk to me like a fellow human being. She never talked down to me. Mm -hmm. So she let me know that the reason we were having to move to Idaho was because mama lost her job. And it wasn't anything she did. It was President Reagan decided that he was going to cut programs, these federal programs. And 
you know, this wonderful opportunity that gave my mom the chance to leave working in the fields to be a professional mm -hmm. uh, was now gone. And so that is what brought us to Burley. And it was a huge culture shock to sure. come to Burley. All of a sudden, um, I went from being a part of a family that I felt very proud of because, you know, in Buckeye, everybody knew I was Janie's girl. And um, my mom was such a humble person. Uh, she, she worked for this community action program from eight to five. Then from 5.30 to two, three in the morning, she worked at a Circle K. So, wow. you know, so she had this professional job that I know gave her a lot of pride, mm -hmm. but she also took as much pride in helping people buy their diapers and their, and their milk at the Circle K. They were right. the same people. Um, and my mom, I just learned that from my mom. It's like, you know what? A job is a job. Right. You know? And it, it doesn't indicate whether you're a, a good person or a bad person or, a, or superior to anybody. If you're serving your brothers and sisters, it's, it's all good. And so to come from that to Burley, where my mom could not find a job to save her life. When we were living in Buckeye, my mom worked up to 100 hours a week. She had two and a half jobs. So she did that secretarial job at the community action program, did the cashier job, and then 20 hours of cleaning houses. Wow. So, I mean, just, you know, I'm not surprised that my mom didn't make it to see 63. I mean, she quite literally worked herself to death. Hmm. So we moved to Burley. No one will hire her because who are you? You know, you're not part of this. Community. You're not part of this community. Right. And I got to tell you, um, something I learned from my mom, and I still use it to this day, is this, uh, what is the third way? Sometimes we only think there's one or two ways mm -hmm. of, of getting her done. There's usually a third, fourth and fifth way I haven't considered. Um, but sometimes circumstances force you to get to that third way. And so what my mom did was she realized, you know what? Um, pride is not going to put food in my kids' bellies. Right. So I'm going to have to go to that health and welfare office, and I'm going to sign us up for food stamps. And, you know, I remember being in that office with my mom. It's the first time I ever saw my mom cry. Hmm. And this social worker was so kind to my mom and said, Janie, how long have you been working? She goes, I started working in the fields when I was seven. She goes, well, you're 40 now. She goes, you've been paying into this system for a very long time. And that's why this system exists. Right. It exists for people like you, hardworking people who may find themselves on the hard times. This is your money that you need back. You're not going to need it for very long because I get the feeling this is not your scene. Right. And so my mom was able to spend time with me and my brother for the first time in years. During that period of time, my mom was able to rest. She was able to think and strategize. She was able to teach me things. My mom taught me how to embroider during those few months that we were on welfare. And that's when she learned something. She realized something. You know what? I've always wanted to open a restaurant. But it just didn't seem like a practical thing to do. It didn't seem practical to give up these jobs right. to go try to be an entrepreneur. Well, guess what? I didn't quit my jobs. My jobs quit me. And this welfare thing, it's been great. But I'm not giving up my kids ever again. So she realized by opening a restaurant... She's like, you know what? This town isn't going to hire me. I'll hire me. Yeah. And so she convinced her baby sister who lived over in Hayburn to sell her pickup truck. So she gave my mom some seed money. And we opened up this Mexican restaurant in Burley. And over a matter of three years, uh, my mom was able to cultivate relationships in the community to the point where when we finally had to close the restaurant, because the restaurant business, it is not uh, easy. I tip my yeah. hat to every single person who has ever tried to open a restaurant. And uh, it's hard because mm -hmm. you never, ever stop working. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, and for us, we quite literally lived in the attic until right. we could get enough money going so we could actually find a place to live. And to this day, that is the best experience of my life was seeing my mom take on a challenge like that and be creative and innovative and shameless and fearless and bold and go, I am not doing it this second way. I'm doing it the third way. And most importantly, as her child, that is the best gift she could have given me. It's like, let's figure it out right. together. Hmm. Very That's terrific. Yeah. So you stayed in Burley then uh, through high school or? I did, um, which again, 
while I was living in Burley, I was not my mom's biggest fan because I just was like, where did you bring us? Yeah. Um, you know, it, sadly, um, you know, there's a lot of beautiful things in, in Burley, Idaho. Most importantly, the food. The food is great in Burley. <laughs> if you ever have to get from here to there and Burley's in between, by God, stop and have a taco bandito, ban a burrito. Yeah. Uh, the food is great in Burley. But um, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're a young woman, a young woman of color, Mexican, you're not getting a lot of positive messages about your future. And in my case, um, I just, you know, I'm blessed by God. I'm a woman of faith. And uh, and I just was really, really blessed. I mean, when my mom opened that restaurant, something that we had not anticipated was the location. And that restaurant happened to be located next to a business called The Farm Store, where we sold car, um, what are they called, Carhartts? Yeah, oh, or coveralls. Or, or the yeah. coveralls yep. and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And it just so happened that the woman who uh, was the manager of the store uh, was also a Chicana. She's Mexican. So here, how lucky can you be sure. to be me? You, you know, you've got this, this amazing woman as your mom who you see be an entrepreneur. And then you see this other woman next door who's also the lady in charge. So I'm getting these messages like, you can be in charge someday. Mm -hmm. You can do this. And so it was thanks to these women, you know, that I had the opportunity to imagine a life outside of Burley, beyond working at the Simplot Potato Factory. Nothing against right. that wonderful right. industry. Yeah. But I mean, I grew up alongside people who, that was their plan. That's right. as far as their plan went. Right. Was, you know, my mom and dad work at the Simplot Potato Factory in Hayburn. You know, my aunts and uncles, my cousins. Well, I'll just work at Simplot. Mm -hmm. Simplot's gone. That factory's not there. Hasn't been there for a few decades now. And I just realized, gosh, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to be mentored by these women who instilled in me, you are better than working the line at Simplot. Right. So what brought you to Boise? Again, God bless the federal government. Um, Back in the day, there used to be this uh, scholarship program. It still exists. It's not as rich as it, as it was back in the day. But there was this uh, scholarship program. It was called uh, the College Assistance Migrant Program. And if you were a field worker, farm worker, um, or the child of a farm worker, uh, you could qualify, you know, if you had financial aid. Yeah. And it paid for your first year of school. And that just that changed my life. You know, it made it possible for me to come to Boise State in 1989 and I don't know if you guys are living here in 89-90 oh yeah do you Still remember was. what was going on yeah that was our centennial that's right you know so imagine starting your adult life that year I mean, I just thought life was going to be like that forever. There was going to well, be fireworks but every honestly, two minutes. Honestly, Boise was in the process of going through a renaissance during that time. It was there was amazing. Uh, all kinds of new construction in downtown, and and uh, in the years prior, this this place had been uh, it was like a war zone. It was pretty awful. Um, well, I and, just I was so yeah, impressed, yeah. and I fell in love with Boise, and. Uh, and I just, you know, like I said, you know, growing up in poverty, I didn't have uh, the time to be able to do things um, that maybe, you know, some of my classmates who had a little more resources could right. do. So, you know, so when I worked, you know, part of my money went to help pay for the rent, you know. So when I got that scholarship, it was hilarious because um, they said, uh, yeah, you're not working outside of school. What? No, you work for us. That's why we gave you the, the scholarship. scholarship. Yep. <laughs> your job is to learn. Yeah. That, that, that's your job. I have never had an easier year in my life <laughs> than I did my freshman year in college. And, and it was wonderful. But it also, you know, I think back on it now, I'm like, gosh, you know, what would it be if we, if we could do that for all our students? Right. I, mean, I mean, our students they struggle so much mm -hmm. and what would it be for them to just be able to focus on learning it's kind of like what you're yeah. when yeah. your mom like you yeah. use your mom as that example of you yes. be able to just learn and think and strategize and plan yeah. and do all my that. mom didn't kick back and chill right when she was getting food stamps she used that opportunity to gather herself and mm -hmm. like okay what's the next step because yeah. you know 
I'm sure you gentlemen know this. There's no better feeling than figuring it out, That's right. Right. figuring out how to get to the next level. Well, what's and interesting, I was actually a student at Boise State that same time. And um, and I did have to work full time. Right. And and it was just like having a second full time job because yeah. I was taking a full load of courses and working, at, you know, because yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I realized is there's all kinds of work. And yeah. unfortunately, the work that uh, Chicanos and Mexicanos are geared towards is backbreaking. Labor, right. And I learned, uh, wow, I'm like, I got this scholarship because they liked the way I wrote. They, you know, because they had to write an essay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that made a huge impression. I mean, I'm like, you're telling me that language, writing, I get money for this? Right. You know? So that's why I was a comm major. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it was just, it was a light bulb moment for me. It was like, wow. So there's another way to make money. You don't have to be slaving out in the fields mm-hmm. um, or being exposed to chemicals. Or, or, you know, like I said, you know, I, I, I point to my mom a lot because, um, you know, timing is everything. She happened to be born at a time in this country. 19, she was born in a house in Poteet, Texas in 1942 where... She couldn't have entered a public building because of the signage that literally said no Mexicans, no coloreds, and no dogs. And my mom was two of those three things. And, you know, fast forward to 1995, and the great governor Cecil Andrus appoints my mother to be a commissioner with the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs. And just this last fall, Governor Otter honored my mother posthumously for all her work to serve the people of Idaho. That's awesome. That's our country, right? You know, <laughs> that's a it, that's an American story, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. And that's it, it. That's a great point. I'm hoping that we get to that point where someone who looks like me is held up as an example of an American. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're not there yet, but to be a true representation of 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 meeting our promise. That's where we need to go. I mean, I, what we were talking about earlier about time moving so mm-hmm. quickly, I had no notion that I would live long enough to see a black man be my president twice over. Right. I did not think I would live long enough to see gay marriage in Idaho. I mean, our state is going through something. The soil is being turned. You know, we are going against type in a lot of areas. Right. So it's a very exciting time to be sitting at that dais. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, a lot of people don't realize that Idaho was also the first state to have a, uh, a Jewish governor. Exactly. See, right? that, that is the thing. Right. Is there is so much to be proud of in our state. Yeah. We just, we, we need to communicate it better. Right. Yeah. We need to Celebrate talk about it, it more. Right. Yeah. You know? So. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when, you, when you've when you got folks who, who pass away and then you go digging through their things and you're like, what? You got a purple heart? Right. Why didn't you ever talk about this? Yeah. You know? And, and I think that's something we can, we can be better at. Yeah. Is really pointing out... Um, things that have happened in our state to be proud of yeah. i mean about when did bodo go in was that about that was that was in the like 15 uh, mid 90s yeah, yeah i was gonna say mid 90s yeah. yeah and i remember when bodo went in and it was just like wow this is fancy you yeah. know yeah and one of my girlfriends and i decided you know what let's pretend we're tourists in boise because we'd never done the things you know like ride the little trolley remember the little trolley right, that yep, used to go yep, around take yep. people on a tour so we did that we took a little tour and it was exciting it was like oh my gosh there's so many moments of interesting history mm-hmm. just in downtown right you know so I, you're right i think there's a lot to be excited and proud of um and i just really appreciate our arts and history department at, at boise city that they work that they're working on that on trying to um unearth what is boise yeah you know and and, and a lot of it is it, it, well for example today you know later today we're going to be welcoming uh, tribal members from the, the original inhabitants of the Boise Valley. I mean, what an exciting time. 
Um, and that's Shoshone, that's Shoshone Bannock tribe folks? Yeah, Paiute. Paiute. And yeah. so we're, that's going to happen on the city council steps. It's such cool. an exciting time. I mean, it's going to be the first time these folks have been invited officially, I believe, since, is it 1869? Wow. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, we are, if you'll notice, I talk a lot about my past. Yeah. And I think it's because I don't think we should lose sight of it. Um, this is what I'm thinking of, thinking of when I'm sitting at the dais and I'm hearing people get very passionate about issues of development yeah. and being possessive over the land that they occupy. Mm -hmm. But it is my friends who live in Duck Valley, who live at Fort Hall. I'm thinking of them mm -hmm. as these discussions are happening. We have to take a longer view um, and to be inclusive in our thinking and generous in our thinking. Right. Yeah. If you, so, sorry. If if you're just tuning in, this is Idaho Speakeasy. We are um, visiting today with Lisa Sanchez. She is one of the newest city council women for the city of Boise. So, um, I guess uh, maybe circle back then. Um, when did you first start thinking about the Boise City Council and 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 deciding to ramp up a campaign and and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the first time that it had ever entered my mind, and it wasn't, it didn't come from me, it came from a, a, a dear friend, uh, somebody who was who went to Boise State on that same scholarship yeah. uh, all those years ago. Um, he ended up, my friend Jesus Blanco ended up marrying my my, room, my college roommate, Ann Quater, and uh, happened to be out at Alavita. Uh, I happened to be there with my, my teenage niece, and, uh, and they were there celebrating, I think, a wedding anniversary. And so they invited us over to join them for, for dessert. And uh, my friend Jesse is usually a very reserved gentleman. Not that night. I think he'd had a little celebratory wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he just started saying the most generous and kind things about me to, to my niece, to my teenage niece. And because uh, he and I were uh, in student government at Boise State. Uh, 25 years ago yeah. and uh, and so he ended his very very lovely uh, comments to my niece by saying and that is why your aunt needs to run for city council I'm like what where'd that come from where did that come <laughs> from and uh, so I just I thought well that is just really sweet of him to say that to, to for him to picture me that way right but no yeah <laughs> and then and then our election happened, the presidential election happened, and um, I, I can just, I, I just gotta tell you, I was heartbroken. Um, I was heartbroken because um, I just saw people on social media, specifically Facebook, um, saying things that I, 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 I just had never seen come from people that I knew in real mm -hmm. life. Um, and like I said, uh, it wasn't anger that I felt, it was heartbreak. And it made me question what I knew. Mm -hmm. I thought I, I knew people. And now I'm starting to wonder what is real. And eventually, you know, hurt feelings, you have to do something with them. And initially, I'll be honest, I got into some Facebook fights with people. <laughs> sure. And I would go to bed and not be able to fall asleep because my heart was just racing. Right. And I thought, you're going to give yourself a heart attack um, over Facebook. And so you got to do something. And I realized, like, I just, you know, I, I, I can't stay in that angry place for very right, long because right. it's just, it's not me. I'm a passionate person. I'm a direct person. I, I don't have a problem speaking truth to power. But I, but overall, I'm a happy person. I'm a positive person. Sure. I'm an optimistic person. I am I am Janie's girl. I am my mom's daughter. And, uh, and I thought, okay, what can you do uh, that is going to be not you going back to sleep and ignoring this distasteful situation, right. but, but that's still going to leave you whole? And, uh, and make you feel good about how you spent your day. And I thought, you know what, I just need to be present. We need to be present. We need to be in the room because it's a lot harder to say those things when it's Lisa who you go hiking with. Uh, it's Lisa who you go to the movies with when you're a real person. Right. And, 
And I thought that that's that's it. More of us need to be in the room. So it didn't begin with city council. It began with um, uh, joining the board of directors of the Girl Scouts. So it was Sage Council. I'm a lifetime member of the Girl Scouts. Okay. And I mean, without that membership in that organization, I don't think I would have known what to do as a candidate. Everything I learned about how to be a political candidate, I learned from selling Girl Scout cookies. Hand to Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I tell you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was a scaredy cat when I was a little kid, but my mom signed me up in Girl Scouts. Mm. And it's amazing what a kid will do for a little piece of fabric with embroidery floss <laughs> on it. I mean, I just really powered up for that. And I, and I thought, well, here you are. You're going to knock on doors. Um, just it's not going to be Samoa's. It's going to be you who you're selling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what it started for me was I'll join the board of directors of the Girl Scouts, which I did. And then Boise State, um, there was a newly founded Latino Alumni Association. So I joined that and they are doing amazing things. You guys need to have uh, the founding members of the, of that Latino alumni chapter. Absolutely. They're, they're for sure. amazing, amazing young people um, doing just powerful work for the community. But that's where it started. Well, about a week after the presidential election, I'm getting all these messages on Facebook. Um, I don't know when you guys joined Facebook. Were you early on? I was a late bloomer. I, I think I joined in like 2008, something like that. I Yeah, I was late and I still avoid Facebook, actually. So <laughs> well, I'm a Twitter guy. but Well... I remember not really knowing how to do it in the beginning. And so you know how nosy Facebook is. And it's like, you have a million people in common. You should be friends with that guy. Okay. Right. So I had a number of people who I've never met in real life. Right. Those were the people that were messaging me on Facebook, just freaking out over what was happening in the early days of the Trump administration Mm. when, when he was putting out all these mandates that, you know, were really adversely affecting new immigrants. And so I had this woman. Her name is Rebecca Swartos Lampman. She is, she, she's a dairy farmer in Bruno. In Bruno. Yeah. And she messaged me. She's like, Lisa, um, I don't know if you know this, but my husband and I, we have a dairy farm in Bruno, and 99% of our employees are Mexican. They're freaking out. We're freaking out because here's the deal they're not just our employees. They're our family. Mm -hmm. We care about these folks and they care about us. And we have come together to have this business and we can't do it without them. And we need each other. And so she took the initiative. She's like, I've written this letter. I've reached out to the ACLU, Community Council of Idaho. She's listing all these organizations just to get information so that so that we know what to do. Right. Plan. And so I put in this letter that if the children are being harassed at school, because that was happening in the early days, um, to let us know and we will go down to the school and address it with them. She's like, I'm gonna pay somebody to translate this letter, but before I do, could you review it and let me know if there's anything I'm missing um, and then I'll get it translated. So I printed it off and happened to go to P.F. Chang's for lunch with a couple <laughs> of my girlfriends who are also Chicanas. One of them's Mexican, one of them's Chicana. And I'm reading this letter and all three of us are just sobbing at the P.F. Chang's. And I said, girls, there are still good white people in, in Idaho. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And get in the car and start driving towards my office. And all of a sudden, this comes out of me like an unguarded fart. I say, girls, I'm going to run for Boise City Council. <laughs> now, my friends had zero reaction. They didn't say, that's awesome. They didn't say, what the hell? Right. They just had no reaction. They're like, she's upset. Yeah, she's, she's upset. Yeah. I was grateful that they didn't say anything because I'm like, did I just say that out loud? I had no idea that was in there. And be careful what you speak to the universe because it is listening. Yeah. And uh, I know they didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't say anything outside of that vehicle. April 6th, I get a message on Facebook. So, Lisa, how'd you like to run for Boise City Council? Wow. Pretty much most of the people who helped me were new to politics. Um, they'd never run campaigns, they'd never volunteered. Yeah. It was all new people who were activated. Hmm. So yeah. it's, I, I know it's bigger than me. Yeah. Right, you right. Know. Yeah, terrific. So you're six months on city council now. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> so I'd like to know first, your, your biggest surprise you know, occupying that chair, 
And second, what are the things that being on the council kind of affirmed for you? What's your... You know what, I'm going to start with what it's affirmed, and it's very recent, actually. We just had our city council meeting this week where we had um, uh, the company that did our citizen survey, Boise Citizen Survey, they came in and talked to us about that, what the results were, and how to interpret the results. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was was a, a confirmation that I'm supposed to be there because I'm very different from the rest of city council. Yeah. Um, I'm a renter. I don't own a home. Yeah. Um, I'm single. I don't have children. I don't have a partner to, you know, lean on during right, the hard yeah. times. You know who my partner is? Boise. Boise's my partner. Bo- Boise, the people of Boise were my partner during the hard times. And so, uh, you know, Scott Ludwig sits next to me mm-hmm. in council, and I was I actually going to talk to you. Ask I don't you about know if Scott. I'm supposed to not like Scott, but <laughs> turns out I love him. So <laughs> sorry, I, I leave. I don't do anything a little bit. You know, um, no, I just you know that part. Um, Maybe, okay, that's, so maybe you that's guys, a surprise. You guys have sort of this Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> Anthony Scalia relationship, oh, right? I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I'm so touched. Oh, my gosh. Right. So two people with yeah. very different worldviews yeah. have come together yeah. to be really good friends. Yeah. And I got to tell you, this is, and I've said this to Scott, I said, and I said it in the presence of Lauren McLean. I said, Scott, you know, one of the things I love about you is that you listen um, you know, because I, I don't shy away from topics of race, color. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I go there. Um, and and I got to give Scott Ludwig credit because he listens. And, um, you know, it's like anything, you know, uh, we are not defined by any one particular label. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I learned that from being my mother's kid. You know, um, my mom passed away in 2005 and uh, just like a regular human being and something fantastical happened when my mom passed away. And and it's it's an epiphany that I still uh, marvel at. Um, And that is when she died, I realized something like, wow, my mom was more than my mom. Mm -hmm. She was an activist. She was a farm worker. She was somebody else's mom. She, I have a brother who's seven years younger than me. Um, she's somebody's big sister. She, I mean, I just, all of a sudden, I just saw my mom. It, it, you know, have you seen those those really funky pieces of art where, you know, it's, it's big, huge framed piece of art and big matting. Mm-hmm. And there's like this much little tiny square of, of mm-hmm. art showing. Right. And if you were to rip away the matting, you'd see like, oh my gosh, there's this huge picture under there. I had no idea because of the the matting that right. was blocking it. And that's how I feel about my fellow colleagues, but especially about Scott. Um, I don't do small talk. <laughs> and, uh, and I love meeting people who are the same way, that they are willing to go there. And so I remember one of the first conversations that Scott and I had, you know, he's like, so Lise, well, first of all, he called me Lise. All my dear friends <laughs> who've known me forever, they call me Lise. And I just thought, how does he know that? <laughs> he's a smart man. But he's like, so hey, Lise, you know, what do you, you know, tell me about what you do for a living. And so I work for the Idaho Volunteer Lawyers Program. I'm a, a paralegal in, um, and a, a case coordinator. Because, of course, all the city council people have day jobs. Exactly. Right? So <laughs> well, yeah. I have a day job yeah. and TJ has like where we answer to the man. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. think the others have a little more flexibility in, in you know, yeah. Scott's the boss where he works yeah. but um, but yeah so so we got to talking about that I said yeah I go so I work for IVLP and you know a lot of my time is spent talking to victims of domestic violence who are needing legal assistance maybe to, to you know get out of a bad marriage mm-hmm. and and so that's when he told me he's like well you know um, that's that domestic violence is an issue near and dear to my heart you know we lost my sister uh, to that you know years ago and he goes I give a portion of my salary from city council to the WCA and because I do a lot of pro bono work. And I said, well, I would love if you would take one of our cases. He goes, you pick it and I'll do it. Really? And that was the best. That's like Very cool. flowers and chocolate, baby. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how I, I'm like, oh, that's so great. And, but I think that's a perfect example of, you know, people, 
view Scott primarily as one thing, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's more than that. You know, he's more than that. Yeah. Um, I learned recently that Scott and I graduated from Boise State with the very same degree program. Oh, yeah? Which was quantitative management. That's a program that's really obscure and doesn't exist anymore. And there were maybe a couple dozen people that have that degree. And Scott and I have that in common. And look at you now. And look at me now. <laughs> Rule the world. <laughs> yeah, hardly. But uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. So yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I really do feel so blessed uh, to be on city council, period. Mm-hmm. But with this particular group of people, I just admire them so much. Let's go back a little bit just to the campaign aspect, because mm-hmm. you, you had mentioned you and, and the people that were you know helping you um, you know get elected. How, did, how What was that process like? Was it invigorating? Was it stressful? Was it, you know, how did you feel going through that process? You know, um, I'm, like I said, I'm a single woman. And one of the downsides of being a single woman is uh, you don't like to bother people. You, you feel you, a burden. You on, feel, yeah. well, well, and part of it is, you know, part of it is just, it's, I don't think pride's a bad thing. You know, it doesn't right. always have to be a bad thing. But I, because I, I feel good. I, I feel good figuring it out. Yeah, you're you know? fine it, there's going no, solo. There's, yeah. no, there's no better feeling than figuring it out, you know. Um, but by the nature of the of the project, right? You have to bother people. You do. I could only vote for myself the one time, you mm-hmm. know. And so it was a really good lesson for me, in that um, here I am in this wonderful community, and it's just waiting. It is just waiting to be asked mm-hmm. because, um, and, and I wouldn't have discovered that um, had I not done this. I call it this project this endeavor um and i realized like gosh there are so many wonderful people in our community and they're just waiting to be asked you know they're honored right. to be asked and um it's something i should know better you right. know, coming from the mexican community you guys familiar with quinceañeras sure okay uh you familiar no. with quinceañeras it's a it's a rite of passage it's like a big soiree it's kind of like a sweet 16 gotcha except we do it when we're 15 and part of that is involving the community so it would be an honor for me to ask you uh, to be the sponsor of my 15 year old daughter's um, cake okay for the quinceanera you know so start saving up okay anyway, there is no daughter by the okay. way that's how see i'm yeah. starting rumors about myself <laughs> yeah but uh but again it's like you know you know what that's like you know mm-hmm. what it is to be asked uh, to help mm-hmm. and it feels good it, it feels good to do that and so uh, so when I would ask people um, they that that was the response I got it was like really you want me to help you with this I'm like you really you're really you you're, you're gonna help me <laughs> yeah. and it was just and, and I just realized that God that's something that um, I, I realize we need to we need to acknowledge more in our in our community that there is something beautiful um, in experiencing your brothers and sisters' grace. And so for me, um, ha- this weekend when they have the X Games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that is a full circle moment for me, you guys, because ten years ago, the height of the recession was two thousand eight, oh, yeah. and the gas prices were through the roof. Um, you know, I had this moment. I was I was working at the Human Rights Commission as a civil rights investigator trying to hold on to my home mm-hmm. um it was a hard time oh, yeah. it was a really hard time and um i'm on my way to work and i'm looking at the gas tank and it's like oh it's not good news i better pull over like i can't be selective i just got to get into a gas right. gas station and by this time remember people were gassing and dashing so they changed the policy like if you're going to pay for pay for your gas in cash you had to do it first mm-hmm. and then pump and i knew that what was in my wallet was not going to quite get me a gallon, but I got to, I got to put whatever's in there. And so I go into the count, go into the gas station. I just dump my wallet out. All this change comes tumbling out and this little hand reaches over and puts about two or three bucks on top. And it's a skater kid. And he goes, gas is expensive, miss. That's why I ride a skateboard. God bless. And off he goes. And that, wow. <laughs> that has got to be one of the most, one of the lowest 
and most hopeful moments for me at the same time. It was low because at that age, I'm like, with my college degree, speaking two languages, I work for the state, I have a house, I have a car. None of that matters. In that moment, I needed somebody in this community to show me grace. And the fact that there is a family in Boise, Idaho, that raised a child to be that observant mm-hmm. and that kind and considerate. I mean, because I didn't ask for help. Right. He saw that I needed it, though. And he reached over and he helped me. And that was a skater kid. And if you remember in the 90s, we were horrible to the skater kids. I mean, the businesses downtown were horrible to them, you know. And now, look, Rhodes Park. It's that you know, that that park is bringing in millions yeah, this weekend, yeah. right? The mayor talks the about how yeah. you know he never thought he'd be quoted in Thrasher magazine, right. you know? <laughs> and and th- that is that is the beauty of this yeah. community is that you know I mean, and like I said, I was I was raised Catholic, so I'm like, wow, you know, I'm not very good at the Bible quotes, but I'm like, but isn't there something in there that says, "He who was first shall be last, and he who was last <laughs> shall be first. I'm like, yeah, you know, you can go from you know riding high to being low, and it's in those low moments that you recognize what your real assets are, what right. your real treasures are. And here in Boise, it's a, it's the people. Mm, it's the for people. sure. Yeah. So circling back again, biggest surprise sitting on city council. Oh my goodness. The biggest surprise. Well, okay, I'm going to take a risk here. Because um, I've actually said this directly to this person. Okay. But... You know, there is something uh, really beautiful about seeing people be imperfect mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we strive for perfection in this society and we're so hard on each other and hard on ourselves. Yep. Yep. And, you know, you know, I, I, I it does hurt hurt me when I see people on Facebook being so and in person. I've seen I've seen uh, community members be so. I don't even know what the word is. Disrespectful, mm-hmm. um, unkind, um, lacking in grace when they interact with other people. Ignorant. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, not quite understanding the topic. You yep. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, and it's shocking to me a bit. And and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not sitting here with my hands folded. I mean, four, year, <laughs> four years ago, I was sitting in jail, you know, because I, I participated in the uh, the demonstrations at the state house for Add the Words. You know, like I said, I was a civil mm-hmm. rights investigator, and so I mean, I know that sometimes you just you got to ramp it up. Right. But if you possibly can, can you acknowledge that you are in fact talking to another human being? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, and so. Uh, one of the one of the things that I've observed that just gives gives me hope and makes me feel uh, a little more compassionate towards myself because you know I know how fortunate I am to be in this position and I take it very seriously. Um, but I wish I could learn all the things like that. Right, it's just impossible. It, I can't. It, no, you know? it takes time. Yeah. So I see our council president Lauren McLean. I love Lauren. I love every I love all my my fellow council members but I love Lauren because I see her she, you know this is her first year as council president and I remember going up to her one day and I said you know you're you know you're my favorite right and she just looks at me she's like what I go I'm serious you're my favorite and she goes, why? And I said, you're my favorite because I see you screw up all the time. She goes, when did I screw up? Yeah. <laughs> I said, you screw up all the time and you do it in front of everybody. <laughs> and and it's just stupid. You know, it's just little things. Right. Where, you know, I mean, the procedures. I mean, it's so it's so complicated. I know. Well, you it's, know? yeah, parliamentary procedure is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, it's, right? it's very, yeah. I mean, I admire Elaine Clegg and Lauren McLean so much as I watch them. And I learn. I, I told them um, at our last council, after our last council meeting, I said, you guys, I really appreciate this master's class that you're teaching. That's you true. And that, and that is how I feel right. about be, about these four years. Yeah. I feel like the good people of Boise, Idaho, they've given me a four-year fellowship to earn my master's in public administration. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Because they knew. They yep. knew I'd never run for office even. Um, they knew what they were getting. and But I also think that that speaks to our people to mm-hmm. our citizenry they're like you know what go for it girl yeah go 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 do it go do the thing um so that is one of the things that surprised me was like wow 
you don't have to be perfect. perfect. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, Lauren is is perfect. She's the perfect person to be in that position. And I, like I said, I feel so blessed that I get to learn at the feet of these masters. You know. Huh. That's awesome. What's uh, six months in? I know you, you. You know that's kind of the tip of the iceberg with a four-year term and, and the learning curve and all that. But what's what's on your guys's agenda this year? What's what's what are you guys facing? If you can comment you know, on anything, I would say, you know, our, our citizenry is not shy, especially with social media. They have access to us right. all the time. You know, which is good. You're getting instant feedback. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, and the one thing I have to say is the city is not turning away from that feedback. You know, um, like I said, we just had the citizen survey and um, and it was for me, it was validating because I was a citizen <laughs> two minutes ago. I still am. Right. But but for me, when I saw the results of the, of the survey, I'm like, yeah, that that sounds about right. And, uh, you know, there was this moment where I think I got to um, illuminate my fellow council members. And that was where they talked about, you know, the. I believe it's, okay, don't quote me. It's either median or mean. I can't remember which one it is. Income mm-hmm. level where when things kind of start getting out of balance, it becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. And it's about $35,000, $36,000. And I said, you guys, that's me. That was me. You know, I... Last year, got my little my little raise, which I was grateful for, right. you know. Um, and then I happened to have a very benevolent, wonderful person who was my landlady, and who charges me a livable rent. Like I can handle this rent right. at that salary. And so, you know, she raised it a little bit. She could have done what some people have done, which is raise it a lot. Right. Nobody would have faulted her. But it still put me $4 down. It erased my, my raise and put me $4 down. And that was the moment where I realized, oh, okay, you have to do something. You can't maintain because thing, that this is the direction we're headed. Mm-hmm. You know, y- y- you're going to have to mm-hmm. kick it into gear. And I told, I teased Scott, I go, I took drastic measures. He goes, what'd you do? I go, I ran for office. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, uh, but yeah, so that, so that is a thing is, you know, the city is paying attention to what the citizenry is, is saying, you know, um, overall, I think people are happy, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the survey says that, but they are concerned about what's the plan. What you know, we are growing. We're growing quickly, mm-hmm. and so there are concerns. So about affordability that. in general. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and just you know, what is Boise going to look like? Right. You and know? so, and so, the, the city's got two planning sessions, right, scheduled for later this month. This month, uh, in the coming weeks, right? There's two sessions. Um, I signed up for both of them. Good. Um, oh, people and then I was asked to, to not that. not yeah. uh, I, I was asked to uninvite myself from one because we, they, because we want to make room for everybody. But it's very popular. Yeah. And again, yeah. you know, that's that's our city is it's yeah. it's not turning away. It's like, right. you know what? Let's right. let's do this together. Yeah. But um, the fact that you're having those 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 listening sessions and 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 these are my understanding is these are going to be like working sessions to figure out what are mm-hmm. what are people's thoughts for how we deal with mm-hmm. the growth that we're experiencing mm-hmm. um, here, and and that's pretty cool. And the city council also did a two-hour daytime meeting mm-hmm. on housing affordability, mm-hmm. which I was mm-hmm. able to attend. Yeah, and where the mayor and the council were listening to city hall talking mm-hmm. about. Here are the drivers for what it's costing to build, what it's costing mm-hmm. to develop, what it's, you know, here's, you know, here's kind of the environment we're dealing with to be able to address, to figure out how the city can address mm-hmm. housing affordability because mm-hmm. that's becoming a problem. Yeah, yeah. And, right? you know, I think folks uh, are concerned about not just about people coming in. But the people who are already here, will they be able to stay? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the anxiety... I mean, again, I, I'll speak for myself as a renter. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was part of my anxiety was like, will I be able to stay 
where I've been. Well, and we, Phil and I, in our day jobs is, is, is selling real estate. And I, you know, I have clients that are, you know, median income ish and they now live, work, play in Boise. But with them trying to buy a home, they're going to work, play in Boise, but live in Nampa. Mm-hmm. And the homeownership means something to them, so they're willing to sacrifice that. But it's hard for you know a certain income bracket to to continue to live, work, play where they want to. It's yeah. tough, you know. Yeah, and and it's hard because it just it seems like we go from recession to recession. It's sickly. And, it always happens. And it's going to happen again. Yeah, and I just I mean I remember, um, you know, because the ho- I was a homeowner for two minutes. Um, I owned one of those controversial infill houses, tall, skinny houses, Mm -hmm. um, completely oblivious that they were controversial. All I knew was, you know, I was working for the Girl Scouts at the time, uh, a nonprofit, so not a lot of money. Um, And I just realized, like, you know what, I'd like like something to show for my work. And so... It was a sacrifice, but I did. I was able to get into this really cute, tall, skinny house near Boise State mm-hmm. on Vermont between Beacon and Rossi. And, you know, having that type of product available made it possible for, for you, me right. uh, to live in an established neighborhood uh, near We're, downtown, right. near, near amenities. Um, I loved being in that part of the city because I don't have kids. So me living in a subdivision didn't didn't appeal to you. Right. What I loved was watching all the BSU students walk past my flower garden and literally stop and smell the roses. (laughs) You know, I love that the walkability of my neighborhood. Um, It was in the original South Boise neighborhood, which uh, Fred Fritchman, who I believe is still uh, the the president there. Um, It was just great. And so, you know, we had a town hall meeting in April, you know, um, and, you know, so we, we heard from the public people who are concerned about the developments going in and near their neighborhoods and such. Um, and I told them, I've been I've been both. I've been the encroacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I showed up with my tall, skinny house and, you know, there were people wondering about, oh, well, we need setbacks and you can look into my backyard and, right. and all this jazz. And eventually, you know, it worked out. But then I was encroached upon. So I get it about the views and such. You know, all of a sudden my my clear view of the of the Christmas tree on top of the US Bank building, it's gone because BSU built that Norco building. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden my view of the foothills is gone because the Steckel Center. So I've been in that place. I've been the encroacher and I've been the encroached mm-hmm. upon. And the reality is we gotta make room for each other. That's right. Yep. And I mean, and the traffic is getting bad. Mm-hmm. We don't want we don't want to want that to be our solution. So we're gonna have to scoot over and make some room for each other. That's yeah. right. Density density is gonna mm-hmm. have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're out of time, Lisa. Thanks so much. It? That was that an was, hour. We've just spent an hour talking. Oh my gosh. Let's, yeah. let, let's see what kind of trouble this. Yeah. <laughs> your, 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 your phone is ringing as we speak. <laughs> No, we do appreciate your time, though. Thanks for coming on. We'll we'll be sure to have you on again. Thank you. I had a blast.